It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger podcast. Of course, once again, joined by my friend Jakub. We actually had three Challenger 75s this week. So um, he has like, you know, he, he can do whatever he wants. He can go to the States. He can go to Italy. He can go to Germany. Um, yeah, where are we going? You know, I am in the States right now. So we're going to start with the okay. States. Our, our most recent final that we watched, Little Rock, Arkansas was meant to be the the return place of Kei Nishikori. It ended up a very different tournament than I think we expected. But in the end, we had Mark Lyal winning the title over Baby Djukaev in the final 6-4-7-5, his first challenger final. Both guys were in their first challenger finals there, so we were guaranteed a, a new winner. This week, he beat Mitchell Kruger to start 6-2-7-6, then uh, went through Tunglin Wu, who I believe was my pick for the title, 7-5-6-3. Two guys in the in the quarterfinals seven six six two came back from a set down against Escoffier in the semis to win six two in the third the only set that he would drop all week and then of course six four seven five over over Zhukayev in that final up eighty two spots number two hundred and twenty nine as we stand in the live rankings this will be his new career high by a lot uh, as he was like barely inside the the top three hundred was was his last one what did you make of Mark Lyal and his his breakout run that we've been a little bit expecting but. Yeah, yeah. We, we we got it at last. We sort of were expecting it, that's true. We even had him on the show last year in October yeah. uh, when he reached the second round in Vilnius, which I think was his challenger debut. Like I don't think he even played qualies before that. And he, he had a great round there. Uh, we, had a, we had a short interview here with him. Um, so if you are a long-time followers of the show, you probably knew of Mark Leal and like how good he can be. Um, yeah, this year he had that ankle twist in Oeirash, which I think sort of slowed him down at the beginning of the year. But ever since, you know, the quarterfinals in Santurbier, the semis in Morelos, and now finally, um, kind of weird path, you know, to go to Morelos, uh, reach a semifinal there, then come back to Europe, play on that, uh, I guess a little quicker, but still clay in Serbia. And then to go to Little Rock. But of course, um, I am very glad to see this. He is now pretty much. Well, I don't want to say guaranteed, but he doesn't need to do much in order to get into US Open qualifying, which I think would like just totally put him back on track in terms of what we were expecting this year. Uh, you know, getting into that Grand Slam qualities range. The, the weapons are obvious. Um, he has such sweet timing as well. Um, I really think that this could be someone with a, a huge upside. And of course, uh, it also deserves a mention that he is Estonia's second challenger to champion ever after, of course, Jurgen Top, the everyone. Um, the, the one Estonian that every, every person knows, of course, not coming, um, not talking about the women's there. There are actually two players that, um, are way more famous than him. But on the men's side, I think this is the Estonian, of course, that, um, the legend that everyone remembers. 
And uh, right now they actually have a lot of good young players like Christian Tam, Daniel Glinka. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting someone else as well. But Layal definitely looks like the, the strongest of the three. And um, yeah, uh, it, he's going to be really exciting, I think. And uh, definitely looks like he could have a very high upside. Absolutely. They they also have Kenneth Reisma that I remember oh, seeing. Oh, Kenneth uh, Reisma, at, yeah. At, uh, Orange Bowl, but he's 25 um, now. Ivanov? As I can't a... remember what was his name. Um, yeah, Ivanov. Vla- uh, Vladimir Ivanov. Vladimir, uh, but yeah. yeah he, he, he never really broke through and, and neither, neither did, did Reisma, which was quite surprising to me. I was, you know, quite impressed with, with this game when I saw him in those juniors. But back to Lyle, yeah, we, we're gaining a very, very exciting player, an explosive player. Uh, a player that to have him in, in slam calls, to to have him in regular challenger main draws, uh, it will be definitely a very exciting addition to our Oh, and to worth, worth mentioning, by the way, he's been, um, that he is also like one of the uh, products, let's say, of the Muratoglu Academy. He's been working there for oh, like yeah. five years. So, um, you know, I guess something that deserves a mention just to paint the picture of maybe where he's coming from, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and let's go to Baby Zhukaev, who came through qualifying. He first got a bye after they couldn't get an alternate for him in the first qualifying round, then beat Marcus 6 love 6 3 to qualify. Once he got in there, beat Goyovchik 6 2 6 2. Then a massive battle against Morano Dalboran 7 6 in the third. An equally large battle against Michal Kugushkin, his compatriot, uh, 7 5 in the third there. And then uh, beating Walton seven six in the third, so he was much more in battle to round after round, grinding it out, but got to his first challenger final, up seventy one spots, number two hundred and fifty four. What did you make of Zhukayev this week? Um, honestly, like baby Zhukayev became a bit of a meme for me last year because I remember after seeing him live in Kozerki, especially, I was um, like, I made. It, it was a joke, but I remember saying somewhere, uh, probably on the show as well, and also in some group chats or something, that baby Drukayev would reach the top 100 in two years' time or something. That I mean, that was just a meme. But since I actually started following him more, and I actually got invested in his results, and honestly, there was not much to be invested in this year. Um, of course, with the sort of serve, and like, by the way, I don't like the term serve bot, but if you want to use it with Drukayev... Kind of, I would kind of have to comply. Like he, he's definitely, you know, he has one huge asset, uh, but maybe he can do something with that baseline game. Um, you know, in the near future, certainly he had moments this week when he actually was able to, uh, you know, produce um solid solid level of the ground, um, especially against Walton, I guess, in the semis, who was just oftentimes he was just trying to out rally him on the backhand side and yet Zhukayev was you know standing fairly strong but yeah this year was definitely quite dire from him you know he had he had some good matches he had uh, he pushed Purcell he pushed the streaker but that's just something that I guess you're always going to get with someone with this sort of a serve right I mean uh, an early round matchup with a top seed but the main thing is that he wasn't getting through challenger qualifying he played I can't even count how many uh, challenger qualifyings, but he just mm-hmm. wasn't getting through them. I mean, he he played eight of them, I think, before Little Rock. No, sorry, seven of them and only made it through once. So that's definitely something that, um, you know, he wasn't following up on the results that he had in 2022, where he really had a, a, like a few, a couple of semis at the challenger level as well, you know, a quarterfinal. So um, he wasn't following up on this on these results. Of course, right now it has changed. 
the serve obviously looks sublime. He was also winning so many close matches, tight battles. Uh, eventually, I think it kind of got to him as well because um, in the semis already, he was struggling with some light, um, um, sorry, left heel issue. And then in the final as well, uh, there, there was actually like this weird um, constant, uh, like it, it was just ongoing where Zhukayev every single change over would talk to the umpire and request a medical timeout. And then they would come and then they would tell him that he only gets like 30 seconds because it's, um, it's an issue that was already pre-existing before the match. Like it was weird. Just every single, every single change over in the second set, he was talking to, uh, to the umpire about it. And, uh, I think maybe the fatigue also played its part in the final, you know, because, um, yeah, Lyal was just getting back so many serves in play, and um, Zhukayev had this just one mo- moment at four all in the in the second when he just you know went out onto the court and just figured that he has to attack, and he just went uh, all out. He went all guns blazing at Lyal. He actually broke. He had two set points on serve, but and then the Estonian came back came up with some fantastic shots. And by the way, you mentioned this earlier, but. Even um, before the semifinals, we already knew that someone was going to win their maiden challenger title, and neither of the four fem- final uh, semifinalists had even been in the final before. So definitely, um, you know that that was a great story from Little Rock as well this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we sort of talked about the draw when it came out. We had to wait around for it. It was very underwhelming uh, when we did get it, and I think it, it sort of uh, gave space to some players that haven't really made these deep runs before. Uh, and I guess like Challenger it, 50 does in a way. And uh, it made it so, a lot more exciting, yeah. right? By the, by the end yeah, of the week. Absolutely. Like the, the set of semifinalists was actually really exciting to me, much more than when we first looked at the draw. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Just quickly on Zhukayev, uh, he already had a, fin- uh, a final run on, on the ATF level and he still has a losing record on this year, uh, even after that run and this run to the final with, with, with that qualifying win as well. So that just sort of tells you everything you need to know about yeah. this year. As you said, he got sort of stuck in that challenger qualifying purgatory where you're sort of playing week in, week out. You just can't get through. When you do get through, you lose round one. We sort of see this with like Durasovic as a guy that I think this yeah. applies to a lot. Uh, he even lost to Maxim Merva, who is a 15-year-old. That's Czech, obviously massively talented. He's yeah, playing, playing around right Gorosk, yeah. Uh, but still, a, a tough, tough loss to be to be taking for, for Zhukaev at this point in his career. Uh, so definitely a huge run for him gets him in that 250-ish area, uh, and he can, you know, try and get himself into that U.S. Open qualifying, maybe. There are some points to defend, right? Like, there there are some points to defend coming with the Nur Sultan semi, but yeah, maybe if there are just some faster courts for him, because uh, that ITF final that you mentioned was in Trimbach, which is like one of the most rapid courts I've seen, I think. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, as far as in finalists, we had Antoine Escoffier, a familiar uh, face out of these four here. Uh, Aiden, uh, he beat Aiden Mayo, 6-3-6-4. Nathan Ponwith, 6-1-6-2. Beat Tyson Kwiatkowski as well, 7-5 in the third. Already his fourth semifinal in 2023. What did you make of Escoffier this week? Um, yeah, I mean, for him, anytime we're talking about Escoffier recently, we're either talking about the consistency that he's been just able to achieve, you know, the how many challenger quarterfinals, semifinals he is making. But at the same time, we're talking about him being unable to step up and actually take that title or even make a final. 
as it seems. Um, I can't really blame him for the loss to Layal, right? But I mean, since March 2022, he lost six. Um, all, um, I mean, th- these are just all six challenger semifinals that he's ever made and he lost all of them. So, you know, for a guy who's 31, not ideal because you don't know for how long these opportunities are going to, you know, be coming. But yeah, many times this year we've mentioned that he is just ridiculously consistent when it comes to like winning the matches he should be winning. And, um, I guess he just proved it one more time this week. Yeah. And the other guy was a much less familiar face, Adam Walton. Uh, he came through qualifying beating Brancatelli and Mukund. Mukund, he beat 6 4 in the third, a real battle there. Started round one with a win over Mark Polman, 6 2 in the third. Came back from a sit down against Reis da Silva, 6 4 in the third. Beat Galarno in the quarterfinals. And then came very, very close to beating Baby Jukaev in those semis. It was his first career challenger semifinal, his first quarterfinal outside of Australia on the challenger level. What did you make of uh, of Adam Walton this week? Yeah, we probably started talking about Adam Walton just a little bit last year when he uh, beat Vukic in Sydney, which at the time, you know, certainly was really weird for us that Adam Walton manages to beat Vukic. Um, especially in, in these uh, challengers in Australia in uh, October, November, which were extremely weak. Uh, but yeah, now, now, now he's actually doing it pretty often, uh, mostly in weaker challengers, you know, mostly on the ITF tour where he's had so many deep runs this year. But certainly, I mean, he's a pretty fine counterpuncher. Excited to see more. He is also a former college player. Um, he played for, um, the University of Tennessee, which I think, you know, we are on crack rockets, so we have to mention that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice rise. Um, I'm not sure he, you know, he has that sort of an upside like Lyal or frankly, even Zhukaev. Uh, but yeah, just getting, uh, getting such results in uh, basically any ITF he plays this year, he was bound to, um, to also find something at the challenger level, not only in Australia. Yeah, uh, out of the quarterfinalists, I picked out Tyson Kwiatkowski on this comeback, his second uh, quarterfinal after he reached one in Tallahassee. Uh, this time around, he beat Durasovic and Masur before pushing Escofier to 7-5 in the third. Any thoughts on Kwiatkowski this week? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been kind of hard for him, I suppose, to get back to like the, the previous level, right? I think he was also, which which was funny, but I think only him and Kukushkin out of the, all the eight quarter finalists had, um, had a challenger title to their name. Uh, but you know, he, he is slowly getting there. Of course, won an ITF a couple of months back. Um, I guess he, uh, just never really was a player who, you know, comes out and destroys his opposition. So, you know, he kind of has to work for the wins. So I think for, for these players, it can also be a little trickier, but, you know, beating Masur Durasovic, that, that these are some pretty good wins. And over in the doubles, we had Jisung Nam and Artem Sitak win the title, beating Alexis Galarno and Nicolas Moreno de Alboran. Sitak was 4-17 and 17 in 2023 going into this event. He was really struggling, uh, playing pretty much every single week uh, that he could week in, week out, but just really, really bad results. And at 37, I thought that it might be uh, sort of it for him, even, even, on, even in doubles. Uh, but yeah, got himself one more title uh, to add. So that's that's nice to see. 
Yeah, I, I, I never even knew about this. And I, I actually watched him live this year with Kolasz playing in Vilnius and they won three games. <laughs> so maybe it makes sense now that, that he was struggling so much because back then it certainly didn't feel like they should be losing to even Arnaud of Iceborne. So such a good pair. I mean, six love, six three. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's not a scoreline that you want to be losing to 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 anybody when you're like a professional doubles player. Yeah, indoor indoors too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he he did try out a, a bunch of different um, partners. He started the year with with uh, Lawson, uh, played a bit with with Rado Albot, uh, Durasevich, Zukerman, Matuszewski, Bergevi, and now it finally clicked with with Jason Nam, and they beat. Like established teams as well, Kademasur, Mansuri, Statham, Lawson, Perbalarakis before the final. So, really, really high quality title uh, from Sitak that I wasn't expecting. Over in Troisdorf, we did not have the glorious Lukas Klein uh, title like I predicted. We had Ivan Gachov win the title instead, beating Frederico Ferreira Silva 6 2, 5 7, 6 3 for his second uh, challenger title, both of them this season. He started by beating Oriol Rocabataya, then took out Lukas Klein 6-4-6-2. Real battle with Nick Hart, 3-6-7-6-7-6. Came back from a sit-down against Kotov to win 6-1 in the third before beating Ferreira Silva in that final. Up 31 spots, number 144. Will most likely break the top 150 when we get our next official rankings. What did you make of Gachov this week? Yeah, I mean, our predictions this week, we probably shouldn't even mention them. Did we even have like a single quarter finalist? I don't think so, right? Um, no, I think, I, I don't think yeah, so. Don't, I mean, don't think so. This week was just really wild. And, you know, neither of these guys, we were really like any close to picking, I think. So, but anyway, of course, even Gakov, maybe we should have been. I think the um, sort of weaker results that Gakov has been getting since Monte Carlo, of course, since that big run. Um, kind of lulled us into, you know, uh, into thinking that maybe his form has went away, but clearly not. Um, as he said, he beat Klein and very convincingly as well, the defending champion. Um, great thriller against Hart, um, big win over Kotov as well, though he kind of outlasted him. And, you know, ever since he, ever since he won Girona and like started playing on the challenger tour regularly, at least in main draws or like, you know, winning matches in challenger main draws regularly, um, I think his game is like only getting sharper, which you know makes you really interested to to see what he can do with it in the in the long run. Um, we have to remember that like before this year, he was never really at a challenger mainstay for like at least a season or something. He had some brief spells of playing the challenger tour um, predominantly, but like it was never um, to this extent where right now he will get at least one more year on playing on the challenger tour and uh, he clearly has you know so much to 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 say when it comes to these uh these uh, maybe a little smaller clay events for now but of course you know he he had a big run in monte carlo it's not like he can only beat players who went um at these slightly weaker challengers and trosdorf wasn't really a, a weaker challenger anyway yeah i mean when, when you look at a guy like him uh on the the future store the, the itf tour for an extended uh amount of time and then sort of coming in with some talent i sort of maybe think of roman safiwin who had a who had a similar path where he also uh i mean he well, he, he was a much more a slum junior, junior champion then, right yeah <laughs> yeah and and, and it just sort of stuck on the, uh, on the itfs uh yeah i, I, I just know that he was like one of the very very top juniors mm -hmm. 
when he was coming through. He was, he was either a slam finalist or a slam champion. Thing. I think he played, didn't, didn't he play maybe Jean-Bor Piroz in that Australian Open? No, no, he was, sorry, he won um, over Hong in 2015 at the Australian Open. So he was a slam champion, yeah. Safiuri, of course. There you go. Uh, yeah, so 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 that's that, that's what I sort of think of. I could see Gakov sort of having that sort of uh, same trajectory that that Safiulin has. Uh, okay. As for Ferreira Silva, this was his fourth challenger final, still waiting for that first. Uh, so his his fourth challenger final, still waiting for that first ever title. Uh, he beat Andri Laksonen in the main draw, six three three six six one. Beat Hassan six two in the third. Olivo six three six two. Nagal six four. In the third, uh, the last two were lucky losers as well. Uh, moves up 43 spots, number 187. What did you make of Ferreira Silva and his uh, another wasted opportunity? Maybe. Well, I mean, not not, not a great of an opportunity against Gakov, but another final oh. gone by. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, this year was disasters for him, just like ahead of French Open. Maybe it was one of these moments where like he saves too much points, I think, against Justino in the first qualifying round at the French and something suddenly clicks, right? I mean, we've seen that before. Of course, he didn't really push Zapieri in the final quality round at the French, but this year, he uh, I mean, this week he was pretty much at his best. As you said, maybe not a great chance, but still, given that he played four finals, you would expect him to get at least one. You know, he's 28, so it's not like he's going to retire anytime soon, but you certainly got to wonder, you know, how many opportunities can keep coming. Actually, he uh, made three of these finals in the past eight months or so. So maybe that's actually a sign that more of them will come. Uh, you know, twice he played Watanuki in Japan on very fast courts. You can't really expect him to win that. He was actually, I checked this today, he was the favorite against Marigeni Alves in Sao Paulo. But given that, you know, since Marigeni Alves has probably become like a better player than Ferreira Silva and, uh, you know, it was also in Brazil. Um, I, I think we can really um, we can we cannot really say that that was also a huge mischance. And as you said, Gakov was definitely the favorite today. So it's not like any of these finals were really you know he had to win them. But yeah, that that that's the main thing. Anytime we see Federico Ferreira Silva getting deep in the challenger right now, you know that that's the thing we're thinking like whether he can finally clinch this title. And of course, he hasn't done it, so it's going to be quite disappointing for him. But at the same time, if you look at how his year was going with just one quarterfinal in Ostrava, uh, it's still such a huge improvement that, you know, in a way, I don't think he will, um, well, I don't think he will care that much. Of course, he will care, but like, it, yeah, it's just still the, the biggest run he's had this year and um, clearly something that should fuel him with confidence. Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly positive. He was seven and fifteen on the year. Uh, neither of us really considered him as a as a potential threat at all, uh, as we I think mostly just sort of o overlook him for the most part when we're picking uh, champions and stuff. Uh, and yeah, th th this is this is a good run for him. It it, it keeps him around. It, it keeps him in in uh, main draws of challengers, which is important for him, and was sort of under threat uh, where he was ranked. So huge run for him either way even if he didn't clinch the title this time. Let's move on to the semi-finalists, starting with Pavel Kotov, who came back from a set-down against Yoris Delor in his opener, 3-6-7-6-6-1, took out Terence Atman, 6-2-6-2, and then Robert Strombach, 2-6-6-3-6-4, before losing to Kachov. What did you make of Kotov this week? Yeah, I mean, pulled through some very tough matches, of course, as um, as the top seed and like, you know, a player who was just recently in an ATP Tour semi, 
I think um, it's still kind of disappointing for him to lose to Gakov, but yeah, it just didn't seem like he had the physicality to beat him in free. At least after you know a couple of tough matches already, he was also struggling in that f- French Open first qualies round against Hertz. So maybe maybe he just isn't in like the best shape right now. But you know, still made the semis. Um, just lost to um, a player who I guess we kind of have to treat as like on a similar power level right now, which might sound weird. You know, cut off uh, last year he he broke the top one hundred. Was as I said, I mean he was just recently in an ATP Tour semi, but. It doesn't seem like there's that much of a difference between him and like Gakov right now. Uh, yeah, let's move on to Sumit Nagal, who made the semis as a lucky loser. He beat Fomin in qualifying before losing to Strombachs in straight sets. He got a second chance, though, to cut Kuzmanov 7 5 in the third, uh, got a walkover from Mian Koinski, and then beat Krutich 6 1 6 6 4 before losing to Federa Silva 6 4 in the third. What did you make of Nagal this week? I just realized that Fomin's, um, um, sorry, Fomin's Shimkent points are gone, right? So he's now outside the top 500. But, you know, that, that's, we were expecting that. Um, anyway, um, Sumit Nagal, yeah, he, as he said, he lost to Strombachs, who I think we should be, we should like mention just, um, you know, uh, in a second as well. But yeah, after that, he, he actually uh, overperformed uh, Strombachs. Of course, recently we've had Sumit Nagal, um, in uh, winning in Rome. It's actually quite funny because there are a lot of Indian tennis fans on Twitter and they are very like they they keep talking about Sumit Nagal and like commenting under whatever um you know he's mentioned in and uh like the the, the funniest thing for me and I don't mean that like don't take it the wrong way but um they were like constantly asking me whether he can get a French Open wildcard for example so yeah, don't take it the wrong way, but it's just kind of funny for me because, you know, of course, like no. the results that he has been getting, yeah, it's nowhere close to like uh, even yeah. justifying a French Open wildcard, especially and, the French. And, and, it, and it's, 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 it's not like they, it's not like they do that. They, they weren't going to give Dominic team a, a wildcard. They, they were going to let yeah. him qualifying I mean, if, if the, the French it, doesn't so. do it. The, Fr- the so, French so, doesn't so do it. Nagal is, is not getting a French Open wildcard ever in his career. Uh, well, we can just. Yeah, he, at the French, it's basically impossible. At Wimbledon, if you if you have really good results ahead of the yeah. slam, you're probably gonna get it. Like you have to Maybe. do something special. Like you know, Van Rijthoven got it last year, for example. Uh, someone else got it last year for like a very big result. Um, I think there was that like a talented um, young player on the women's side. I cannot remember now who. Uh, but anyway, um, definitely Team Van Rijthoven got it last year, for example. Um, so you can get it at Wimbledon, but like at, at the French, it's just so impossible. And but it, but it, it was kind of funny for me because um, a lot of these Indian tennis fans they kept um, you know writing comments and yeah just saying that he ha- he he should get the wild card, which of course again don't take it in the wrong way. It's just kind of funny because it's just so impossible. But of course it's not like yeah, he hasn't random, had random. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's just really random. But at the same time, of course, Sumit Nagal has had an excellent. Um, rise recently i mean you know come back to um to the um grand slam qualifying range very soon as well and um yeah that's especially um especially i guess meaningful when we remember you know just a few months ago we were talking about him potentially having to drop down to the itf tour for um you know an extended period of time and yet with a couple of huge runs kind out of nowhere he managed to save himself and should be playing grand slam qualifying again very quickly so um, yeah, that's for sure an amazing feat. 
Yeah, he he is up to number two hundred two uh, hundred twenty three in the live rankings. Yeah, uh, which which should get him there, and that is a huge achievement considering that he was, I think, outside of the top four hundred. Uh, yeah, at, like at in the in the Indian season, so. in the Indian swing, right? He he was yeah. in in big trouble. Like if not the uh, if not for the Indian wild cards that he got to Pune, Bangalore, and Chennai, he would have been in massive trouble. Yeah. And and it is absolutely great to 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 see him overcome that and and become sort yeah. of a, a relevant player again because he's he, he's a lot of fun, but he's not getting a French Open wild card. <laughs> Moving on to Robert Strombachs, who made the quarterfinals as a qualifier. He beat Janvier six three six four. The aforementioned Sumit Nagal six one seven six. Once he was in the main draw, he took out Josef Kovalik seven five seven six and Hernan Casanova six four six love for his first challenger main draw wins. At 23 years old, he had one previous appearance in a main draw in Augsburg in 2019, back when it was a 48-player draw. So he had never actually made the round of 32 before. Uh, but yeah, what did you make of Strombachs this week? Wow, and lost to Ansri Rambalaji there. I mean, I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't <laughs> even remember that he was such a decent singles player. I mean, he was in the top 300, apparently, the Indian. But anyway, yeah, Strombachs, as you said, he was not getting through qualifying when he played it. I apparently even saw him live. Like, right now, I kind of remember it. You know, he played Atmana in Vilnius, but clearly did not make that much of an impression because, like, I didn't remember anything about his game, to be honest with you. Of course, I kind of knew him from, like, um, ITF results. Um, I remembered him playing Yasha Shairich a few times, for example, last year, but um, I had no idea about his game whatsoever. And, yeah, I mean, the, the, the run that he had is insane. Four upsets, uh, four best wins of his career, ranking-wise, which, you know, to do it in one event... <laughs> It's just absurd to, um, we just mentioned Sumit Nagal who made the semis and yet in the qualifying, he lost to Strombachs in straight sets. And yeah, it just kind of looked really repeatable. He, he played super aggressively, maybe, maybe looked like a, a better hardcore player for sure than, than uh, on clay. And I guess with his results, it also makes sense, but somehow he was able to come to Tosdorf, which isn't on altitude or anything. Um, I don't think it's a slow clay court, but it's it's probably like moderate or something. And yeah, he just comes out and does this, which was insane. And also had a very good chance against Kotov, just like his um, footwork kind of went away there at the end, which I think was just fatigue related. Maybe also, you know, he felt the pressure for basically the first time during this run. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a great run from him. He becomes the new uh, Latvian number one over oh. Gulbis. <laughs> With, with with this run, which must be like the first time in yeah so long that that, that Gubis is in the last fifteen one years or something. I mean, that yeah, would be like my two, guess. Two thousand eight plus, like like I'm, I'm yeah. trying to think. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll probably look this up after. Uh, but yeah, great achievement for him. Uh, I'm I'm sure it must mean a lot to him. He 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 beat he he did beat Nagal, who made it further than him. Do you want to know who beat Strombax at some point in ITF this year? Lukas Pokorny. So maybe oh. that, there's a there's a run incoming. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that Yasha Shairik beat him last year, which uh, was at the time was even like a wild result for me. And uh, well, right now, I guess it looks just even weirder. Yeah, uh, let's move on to the doubles where we had Inigo Cervantes and Oreo Rocabataya lift the title. Uh, they beat Kinar and Jacques. Okay, let's go to Vincenza, where we had Francisco Comesaña lift the title, beating Pablo Yamas Ruiz, 3-6-6-2-6-2. His third challenger title uh, reached the final last week. All of his finals and, and titles have been in the past 12 months. 
On this round, he beat Kimer Kopeyan 6-3-7-6, took out Sachko in three sets, beat Pucinelli Dalmeida 6-2-6-2, Passaro 7-6-6-3, moves up 51 spots, number 190, and he will most likely break the top 200. What did you make of Comesanya this week? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I don't understand why he's so streaky. Like, it shouldn't work like this if you look at his game, but... You know, the, the past, uh, last year in June, he, uh, won back to back challenger fifties, both time beating Navona in the final, which was also a fun tidbit. And then never won a match again in 2022. And now, you know, he makes back to back challenger finals, neither of which you could really expect because again, his form this year wasn't really that great besides the few ITFs that he played. And somehow he does this. I mean, I, I certainly appreciated how uh, in the final he like looked so lost at the very beginning, um, you know, when trying to handle Yamas Ruiz's variety. And then uh, as he just sort of eased his way into the match, he was even uh, like he was the one who actually was throwing in some great drop shots. Um, and uh, yeah, he just, he just really um, got a hold of it, which was which was great. He makes it into the top 200. Probably not for long because these Challenger 50s uh, are coming. Uh, like he's going to be dropping 100 points in two weeks, um, across two weeks. But as I said, I mean, he's not defending anything in the second half of the season. So he's basic, his ranking is basically just based on six months right now. Well, on seven months, let's say with the, with the Challenger 100, with the Challenger 50 titles. So. Still a lot to gain, really, this year, uh, just after he, of course, uh, falls down a little bit, probably, at the end of June. Yeah, as for Pablo Yamas Ruiz, this was his first Challenger final. He beat Shimon Bukuro 6-3, 6-3, came back from a set-down against Dravalia, 4-6, 6-1, took out my pick, Luca Nadli, 6-3, 6-4, who I think was our only collective quarter-finalist. Oh, uh, so you had, you had one quarter-finalist, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so we had that one. Uh, he beat Burachaga 6-3, 6 love to make it to that final where he wanted to set up but couldn't finish it. Up 32 spots from number 191, so right before, right behind Comestania in the live rankings. What did you make of Yamas Ruiz this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, big big uh, couple of weeks for him with uh, qualifying for Lyon and beating Purcell to score an ATP Tour victory, uh, playing Auger Gassim, which also must have been you know an amazing experience just to, to face um, a top 10 guy. And then goes to Vicenza, almost wins his first challenger title. I mean, he was up a set. He was in control. He, he looked kind of injured in the past couple of sets for sure. But, you know, the whole run was pretty amazing. It, like if you told me that he was the strongest player in Vicenza, like maybe just not really looking at the final, I would definitely agree with that. Also a big win over Travaglia recently when they played. Um, he uh, lost to him, I think, in an ITF earlier this year. Uh, which uh, already like looked like a super high profile match for a challenger sorry for an ITF quarterfinal even the 25k got the got the revenge over him and yeah just looked uh, pretty spectacular this week we've we've talked about him many times because he's also been reaching like challenger semifinals and quarterfinals on an almost monthly basis since uh, the end of last year yeah moving on to our semifinalists let's start it with Francesco Passaro who beat Neukrist, 7-5-6-3, Yonel in a third set tiebreaker, took out Rodriguez Tavena as well, 6-3, 6-4, for a second challenger semifinal this season. What did you make of Passaro here? Yeah, I might have mentioned that already, but I don't, I actually think that he, we, we will not get him in the top 100 this year. Um, he hasn't really done much on the hardcore swing, of course, at the beginning. 
And now, you know, we've reached the clay. He has already dropped some points. And in the summer, he has so much to defend. So, like, I think to even match it will be pretty tough. And to actually overperform it enough to to break the top 100, I'm not sure if if it's really possible, you know, at this point. But um, anyway, this is, of course, a positive run. He was coming uh, into this event on a very, uh, like, on a, like a huge win streak. Uh, sorry, losing streak, actually. He uh, barely ground out the win against Yonel in the second round, which has to be really important for him right now. And um, yeah, just looking at how he was doing recently, certainly a step forward. But um, in general, the season has not been as promising as his 2022 campaign, for sure. Yeah, our other semifinals was Roman Andres Boruchaga. Started in qualifying, beating Hugo Blanchet, 7-5-6-2. Came back from a set down against Lavagna to win 1-6-6-1-7-5. Once in the main draw, he took out Agamemnon 7-6-6-2. Navone, 7-6 in the third. Said that was 6-3-6-3 to reach his second challenger semifinal. Uh, this uh, this month after Kokimbo, what did you make of Buruchaga this week? Yeah, I think he was almost out against Lavagno. Then um, he was like 2-5 or 3-5 down in the third. Then, of course, had that thriller against Navona as well. Uh, but yeah, it seems like he just cannot really keep like um, um, you know a steady floor. He he doesn't really have a B game, but when he is uh, firing, he has certainly proven that. Um, well, even in Europe, he can he can do something, right? I, I don't think he really played many challengers in uh, in Europe earlier. Like he he, he played something, I guess, but um, wasn't really doing well in them. I know he's won some ITFs in Europe before. But um, yeah, just a very good run for him, I suppose. Just a shame that he wasn't able to, um, yeah, just push Yamas Ruiz even in the semi. And out of the quarterfinals, I wanted to pick out Minoset Darusic, uh, mm-hmm. who came through qualifying, uh, beating Linier 6 2 6 love, Ribeiro 6 1 6 2 beat your pick, Bonadio 6 3 6 love, got a second set of retirement from Drunheiti to reach his first challenger quarterfinal since uh, the Sekish Pehervar final. And he was sort of rolling through everybody uh, before he lost. What did you make of Seth Darusic this week? Yeah, you just you just mentioned him to uh, laugh at my Bonadio peak, probably. But <laughs> I, I promise, I promise. At first, uh, looked at uh, where like 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 the the gap between um, his his last run of, of a similar. Uh, level, but okay. maybe you know, I mean, if 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 it was there, it was there. Why not? No, I mean, he was in excellent form coming into the quarters. I was actually kind of surprised he lost to Buruchaga. Of course, Serdarusic um, is also in that group with uh, Ferreira Silva of players with the most challenger finals without actually winning one. The fifth final he had this year in Sekesvar Hervar, which you just mentioned. Uh, but yeah, playing like he has been in like the past three weeks or so, he can put himself back in there especially if he just keeps playing the clay um, challengers, which like we are kind of certain that he will, because that's like what he has been yeah. playing 90% of the time in his career. Over in the doubles, we had Chandrasekhar and Prasant when their third challenger title in their fifth final this season. They dropped just 16 games going to that title. Uh, and, and each of the matches was fully, fully played out, uh, which is, I mean, four games uh, per match is, is absolutely crazy. Uh, they dropped five games in the final, 6-3, and that was the most all week. Durombolu and Zorman, two Brazilians playing their first tournament together. Zorman liked my tweet um, a week ago, but oh. I can't remember what tweet that was by now. <laughs> but I remember uh, just seeing the name and I was like, oh, wait, I know this guy. I know, I know this guy. And um, But yeah, I can't remember who, what tweet that was. Hopefully something nice. 
All right, and I guess it's now time to go to the match and upset of the week section. Hell yes, let's do it. Where would you like to start? Um, good start with the match. Uh, I, as usual, I put out a Twitter poll on this. I honestly, like, I, I know that a lot of people were probably just watching the first week of Ron Garros. Like, I'm not going to lie. This was also not my peak of challenger watching this week. Definitely not. Same, um, yeah. you know, we just don't have enough time, hours in a day. Um, I did watch like most of the semifinal action, every final, um, and like some matches along the way. Um, so I basically chose um, two uh, quarters from Trosdorf, um, one uh, Pasaro, Pasaro Jonel from Vicenza and Zhukayev Walton into the poll. And the one that's actually winning right now is Gakov against Hart. But my pick is going to be Kotov against Strombachs, the other Trosdorf semi, which actually has the least amount of vo- votes, at least for now. Still 21 hours left in the poll. And um, the reason, um, I don't know, I mean, I just really enjoyed it uh, seeing that run of Strombachs come to a, a player who like seemed like he has to be too much for him, but then eventually learning that, wow, I mean, Strombachs can actually win this easily. And of course, in the end, he didn't actually do it. He uh, got a bit tight, maybe got a little bit wary, but um, I thought that was a very good show anyway from the Latvian. That is fair. Uh, yeah, as you said, not not our challenger watching peak uh, with, with within the first week of a slam. So from what I have seen, I have picked out Zhukaev against Kukushkin. I thought it was an interesting semi-final that I watched. A little, a little bit of drama there. Uh, all all Kazakh semi-final. I'm well, not, was it actually a semi-final or was it a, a quarter. quarter? Quarter. Quarter-final. Yeah. Uh, all Kazakh quarter-final. We, we we don't get too many of of those matchups anymore. So yeah, I, I thought it was like a fun, uh, fun match. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, yeah, and for my upset, um, I see that probably for the, like, in terms of the odds, I think it was Friberg over Misolic in Trosdorf, which is a fair selection. I'm actually going to go with Honk over Pirosh. Pirosh was my pick and he lost the last two sacks. Like, he was virtually ba- double bageled by Sanokchan Honk on clay. Fully double bageled. <laughs> Um, I mean, virtually, because it, it's not a double bagel, really, right? When you win the first set. I mean, so, why... so like as as far as I understand, vir- virtually, I sort of think of it as, as okay. Like so you if you twelve straight games and, and you win like you know six three six long, okay. you lost the first three games. To, to I... me, like you know, when 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 there's two full bagels, hmm. to, to to me to me it's a double bagel. It's a, it's a three set double bagel, very very rare. That's actually uh, really uh, interesting. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I, yeah, um, I don't even know where we could check that, but yeah, that, that's, there, uh, there is no way to check it. Yeah. yeah. There's we, no we rule book when it comes agree. to this. Yeah. We just, just can agree or not agree. Anyway, I mean, he, he lost the sets two and three 
by Six Love, which was absolutely crazy. I did not watch it. I I watched the replay for a little bit, you know, expecting Piroz to just, I don't know, barely walk around the court. And that wasn't really the case. Like he was actually like, I, I, I would say he was pretty slow, but maybe I was actually just trying to see it, you know, because I didn't believe it. Um, yeah, I would have to like rewatch it more thoroughly uh, in order to understand what happened there. But that was certainly the most bizarre score that I've seen this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I also wrote down these two. Uh, the, the the double bagel makes Hong over Piroz very appealing, but I will go with Freeberg over Misolic. Misolic has been sort of up and down, uh, but the 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 highs have been very high. And against a guy like Freeberg, who was a lucky loser coming off a loss to to Jose Pereira, I definitely wasn't expecting a loss there. Uh, he was actually like two and four coming into it in the in in, in his last uh, six matches. There's really nothing that would indicate any sort of like run from Freeberg or, or or that he was going to go pull off that upset. Whereas with Pirosh, I think I'm sort of a little bit used to him taking like really, really weird losses sometimes that maybe I'm not quite used to in the same way with, with Misolic. Yeah, uh, Freeberg I also sort of had as a more of, as more of an indoors player, but apparently looking at his records, that no, that's not really true. I mean, that that's just what I watched him for um, on. Apparently, last year he won an outdoor event, indoors event, and clay clay ITF. So clearly he can play everywhere. But that's also why I, um, this upset was more uh, also quite shocking for me. Yeah. All right, let's go to our previews. We have. Four lovely events, Serbiton, Heilbronn, Prostyov, and Tyler, Texas. Let's start in Serbiton. It's grass season. It's kicking off uh, in the middle of Roland Garros. Very exciting. Let's start with the draw. The top seed being Dan Evans in with a wild card. He will face a qualifier and then Liam Brody or Gabriel Diallo. In his section, an all-American derby, Christopher Eubanks against Alexander Kovacevic. What a matchup. Winner faces Otto Vitanen or Yuri Rodionov. I mean, this is an incredible section here, uh, these four names. Uh, second section, we have Max Purcell facing Zizou Bergs. Once again, great matchup. <laughs> uh, winner of that faces Alexei Popirin or a qualifier. Constant Lestien plays a qualifier. And then Denis Kudla or Christopher O'Connell. Kudla, I'm expecting to maybe come alive a bit. Uh, on grass, as, as as he tends to do. Ilya Ivashka is the seventh seed playing Ugo Grenier, winner facing Rinki Hijiketa or a qualifier. Mackenzie McDonald plays Jordan Thompson and then Alexander Vukic or a qualifier. Uh, then we have Jason Gubler playing Heis Brauer. Gubler uh, is the fifth seed. The winner will face Yuji Vesely, who's in with a protected ranking, or Ryan Penniston, who's a wildcard here. Then we have the headliner, the huge match here. Second seed and wildcard Andy Murray facing Hyun Chung, entering with a protected ranking. This will be a huge match. I'm so excited. I really hope that it delivers in like at least some semblance of quality. I will be so happy. Uh, winner will face James Duckworth or a qualifier. In that qualifying, we have some really exciting matchups. We have Buyun Chaoketa facing Abdullah Shelbaik for a spot in the main draw. Pierre Uger Bear could make it through if he beats Harry Wendelkin, who took out Lee Tu. Uh, Jay Clark plays Luke Saville. We have uh, Billy Harris, Daniel Cox, or Arthur Ferry will make it in. Arthur Ferry, Spider yeah. Is also here. Yeah, uh, Ferry could be dangerous for sure. In the doubles, we have Cash and Patton as the top seeds. 
I believe they're defending a title here, maybe most um, Yeah, some of these uh these the English challengers on grass they won last year for sure. I'm not sure if Surbi yeah. done, but yeah. Uh yeah, they started against Luke Johnson and Ryan Penniston. We have Berks and Brauer playing together. They play O'Connell and Thompson. Uh Liam Brody plays with Johnny O'Mara, who's apparently joining Andy Murray's coaching team, which Ooh. is an interesting move. Uh, yeah, I, I I just saw that on Twitter today. They play Blumberg and Max Purcell, also another great team. Deminor is here playing doubles. I just noticed doubles oh. only with, for Alex Deminor with Rinki Hijikata. Uh, he will play Galloway and JP Smith. Uh, Popirin is here with Vukic. Koransan and McLaughlin are the second seeds. And an interesting, interesting doubles draw, especially with the addition of Alex Deminor uh, in there. But yeah, going back to the singles, who are you looking at for the title here? Yeah, I did not spot Alex Deminor either. Um, Cash Patton, they did win uh, Surbiton 2022, as I've just uh, made sure of. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, a yeah, super stacked draw. Uh, the most exciting of the four hundred percent also because of the surface change, you know, something new happening. Um, and who do you want to go for here? I have, I have no clue. Uh, Andy Murray playing Yeon Chang. I'm not really scared of, um, Murray losing there, I suppose. And Murray should be a threat in this event. For some reason, something is telling me that I should go someplace else. I think maybe this is just, you know, the, the will to not be boring, but I'm not sure if I can, you know, Dan Evans, of course, is a very strong pick on grass anytime he plays these events. He won Nottingham last year. He plays Nottingham like almost every year. Surbiton is actually a new addition. Kind of funny that he plays uh, Surbiton then Nottingham as a like a top 25 player. But of course, this year it hasn't really been kind to him. So maybe it actually makes sense. Um, and um, his section is pretty rough though. Like Evans Diallo, second round, maybe even Brody, who finally had, had some runs last year, especially Wimbledon, of course, on grass. Virtanen, Kovacevic or Eubanks in the quarters. It's really tough, I think. And Purcell Bergs is just an insane first round. Popirin, by the way, as an unseeded player in a challenger, that's that's insane too. And and also on grass where he should be very dangerous. So all in all, I think I have to go Andy Murray. He just has a pretty decent draw for the first couple of rounds. And my other alternative, so like, you know, basically some of the players are not really alternatives because they are... I'm playing something like Purcell Bergs in the opening round or like Vitanen has a really tough draw. But Evans, um, yeah, he just has so many, so many threads in his section. I was also thinking of Jordan Thompson, who obviously had a huge uh, grass season last year, but I guess I'm going to stick with Mari. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. As you said, Evans, I don't know if he makes it past that quarterfinal. Whoever comes out of those four players will be very, very tough. Uh, Thompson, I, I have my eye on. Uh, he has some some ranking to rebuild, uh, dropping out of the top 100. So he, so he will definitely be motivated to to try and do that here. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I don't think I can go past Andy Murray and not pick him, even though I, I am down by four uh, in this competition. But I don't want to go and be down by five just because I didn't pick Andy Murray in what seems like a very like it's it's a much more agreeable section uh, than anything that that. Evans is, is dealing with. So yeah, Murray for me as well. Going over to our second 125 of the week in Heilbronn, we have Marco Cecchinato as the top seed playing a qualifier and then Josef Kovalik or Maximilian Matered. Oscar Ote is the seventh seed playing Facundo Diaz Acosta, winner facing one of two qualifiers. Daniel Elahi Galan plays Cem Ilkel and then Felipe Melgini Alves or a qualifier. 
Marožan is also in the same section, 6C, playing Ednan Kasanova and then Rudolf Molaker or a qualifier. Pavel Kotov plays Andrea Pellegrino and then Dan Aded or a qualifier. Domek Team is in here with a wildcard facing Kaichi Uchida and then Neukrist or Pedro Martinez. Final section, we have Matteo Arnaldi, the fifth seed, playing Norbert Gombos, winner facing Oleksi Krutich or Marco Topo. Jaume Munar is the second seed, facing uh, Uko Delien, and then Damir Jumhur or Timofey Skatov. Over in the qualifying, we have, oh, we, we, we had Hassan losing to Liam Gavrielidis, uh, who will now face Akira Santilan for a spot in the main draw. We have also Squire up against Mats Marang. We have Ger here, Max Hans Rehberg plays Timo Stoder, Andrea Naboldi plays Jerome Kim. Either one of them coming through might be interesting. Over in the doubles, we have Arnaud and Weisbon facing Franzen and Jebens, two of the top teams this season. We have Golubev and Molchanov. We have uh, Nena Zimonic once again with Ramkumara Ramanathan, this time facing Barrientos and Hidalgo. I actually haven't checked uh, how they did last week. They almost we won. To... They were like in a, in a super tiebreaker, I think. Nice, nice. We have Dustin Brown playing with Petros Tsitsipas, facing Philip Oswald and Viktor Vlad Kornea. We have Bambri Mineni as the second seeds, but going back to the singles, who do you like here for the title? Yeah, I can't possibly pick anyone out of the qualifying, although I am kind of interested in a few of these. Ryan Squire, that's the match that um, I think I've, I've said this before, that like Squire is a bit of a right-handed Ryan. So <laughs> I'm kind of excited to see how it looks. And um, of course, Akira Santian, he um, hasn't played the Challenger Tour since that big run he had in Prague, but he played a couple of ITFs, lost to Rubensky and, pa- and Paulson. So I guess not like, you know, they weren't bad losses, uh, but still like it, it feels like he hasn't kept up the magic. But even if he does uh, play like in Prague, I don't know if I can pick him to you know win an event like this. Where there's there are so many quality players, but yeah, Chakinato, I'm not sure if he if I'm really convinced by him right now. Oscarote, of course, as the seed isn't really that threatening. There's Diaz Acosta in this section, and I could possibly go for Diaz Acosta. Of course, at the French, he had a pretty decent result, I would say. Um, went in as a lucky loser after losing to Offner, and then um, and then uh, pushed Kubler to five sets. I don't know if I want to go with Maroshan because just with his inconsistency, it seems kind of wild that, you know, he, he's going to win five matches. I'm not sure if I want to pick that. Um, the team is here and he kind of looks like a potential pick, even if I've said many times that he's like an average clay player right now. For me, like ATP Tour average clay player, not a challenger average player, I think. And he also won't have to face someone like Medvedevich on altitude, right? Like he had in uh, Mauthausen, where he lost in the semis. So maybe it actually should be Dominic team from me. Um, I think that's what I'm going to go for. Dominic, Daniel Ahigalan is also a very serious pick, I think, in the in the top half. Uh, there's that that section at the bottom is just too tough, I think. Delian Munar, Ernaldi Gombos. Uh, also, Krutik, Topo, Jumhur, Skatov. I mean, what the hell is going on there? Every single one of these guys can win this event. So um, it feels uh, right to me to to go for something from another part of the draw. And I'm basically thinking of Diaz Acosta, Galan, and um, team. I'm going to go with team eventually, I think. But Pedro Martinez's second round is kind of tough. But if he pushes through that, I'm actually pretty um, fairly confident that he's going to get to the semis. And from there, who knows what might happen. Yeah, I mean, Damian picking all big names so far. Who who, who would have thought? Uh, last thing I expected. Yeah. 
But I mean, yeah, uh, actually, you're right. Like Team Mare, who, who else am I gonna Team have Murray, to go for, right? We'll 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 see who's in the posture of draw. Yeah, there 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 are a couple of big names that you could go for. I will have to maybe I will have to make this a theme, you know, to, just to go for <laughs> players who were like great at some point of their careers, but right now are struggling, or like you know maybe Team Mare and Team aren't struggling, but aren't really close to their prime. Yeah, uh, de definitely the the biggest name in in each draw. Yeah, so I will not be going with with Dominic team here, even though I, I I I do see what you're saying. I quite like the draw. Does he make it past the semifinal? Whoever is is in that bottom quarter, we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, but not a bad pick at all. I will be going with Fabian Marojan. I quite like the look of his first two rounds there. Galan has done very well here in the past before. Made a final. Made a semifinal. This year he can downgrade even more, uh, go down to a quarterfinal. We have Marajan coming through and winning the whole thing. Why not? Okay, let's move on to Prostyov, where we have Yirji Lehechka as the top seed in it with a wild card, probably the, the the biggest name that we have in this draw. He will face Nick Hart and Daniela Sells or Mariana Navone. In his section, you also have Lukas Klein as the sixth seed, playing a qualifier, and then Zdenia Kolaj or Emilio Nava. Facundo Bagnis plays Mikhail Hertz and then Jakub Menchik or Nicolas Davidionel. Elia Shimer plays Denis Novak and then Luciano Darderi or Dalibor Svecina. Flavio Koboldi plays a qualifier and then Dimitar Kuzmanov or Lukas Pokorny who enters with a wildcard. Jombor Piroš is the fourth seed playing a qualifier and then Francisco Comesagna in with a special exempt or another qualifier. Final section, Federico Coria is the second seed playing Arold Mayo and then Andrea Cuiarini or a qualifier. Tomasz Machaj is the fifth seed playing Federico Ferreira, Ferreira Silva, just coming to the final, and then Vít Kopšiva or another qualifier. In the qualifying, the big name for sure is Mate Valkus, who just beat Jan Kumstadt. He will face Michal Verbenski for a spot in the main draw, but you also have Empeci Pericard, who just came through a 6 7 7 6 mm -hmm. 7 6 win over Peter Benjamin Privara. I'm, I'm, I might have to watch that one back and, and, and see how that was going. Uh, he would have to beat Van Oginat to make it in though. You also have Pucina Almeida, Sachko, uh, Hinek Baton might be interesting. Buruchaga, of course, coming off a semi just now. He will play Marchenko. Um, over in the doubles, we have Ariel Behar and Adam Pavlasek as the top seeds. We have Kopshiva and Pospisil. And with a wild card, they will face Igor Zelenay and Luca Margaroli. You have Zdenek Kolaj, teaming up with Jakub Menchik. Uh, Tomasz Machac is playing with Elias Ime. That's an interesting pairing. Sachko and Svrčina are playing together. Noza and Paulson are, are playing the second seeds. Romani Bavi and Luis David Martinez. Josef Cervantes and Roca Bataya, champions last week uh, in this draw as well. But going back to the main draw singles, who are you picking for the title in Prostio? Yeah, I mean, good for Vitko Shiva to like help out his um, younger peers, right? By appearing with them in the doubles uh, draw here in Prostejov. Um, yeah, and Pechi Pericard Privara, you definitely need to watch, uh, watch again. I mean, um, the battle of some of the worst one-handers on the tour. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that. Um, and also a big shout out to Pedro Sakamoto, who saved eight match points against Lorenzo Giustino today, <laughs> which was just insane. And he did that across five games. Um, he, um, he saved, uh, three of, sorry, five of them, I think, in the second set and three of them in the, in the, in the third. Uh, a couple of amazing volleys in there. What am I going to go uh, go for here? I mean, Lehechka, the fact that he's even playing this is so bizarre because right after this, he's going to play uh, Stuttgart. So he like could have easily gone to Surbiton, right? And yeah. yet he's playing Prostev. I, I know it's at home, 
But well, actually, like he 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 would have needed a wild card to go to get into Surbiton, right? And then Evans already has the top fifty wild card there. I mean, yeah, Evans and Murray have Evans and Murray yeah. have two, but isn't it three wild cards? I'm not sure. I I thought you were allowed two top fifty wild cards. Oh, maybe maybe, maybe it's two for a one twenty five. Never mind. But anyway, like it's still bizarre for him to play this because yeah, like what yeah. he's gonna play five <laughs> matches here and then go to Surbiton, like uh, sorry, Surbiton to Stuttgart right away to play on grass. I don't it, understand. It's definitely this weird. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, mean so, it, so it sort of feels like he wants to chase some some points, maybe. But I don't know. I don't like, know. It makes me not want to pick him because I have, I just have a feeling that he will lose early here. Like I don't know to whom even, but to someone. And uh, to be fair, like like him 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 going into Turin and playing four games and then retiring was probably a little bit more bizarre than this. Um, uh, I mean, apparently he was really injured there. Um, like I didn't watch it. Someone told me. So, um, we, 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 but, but, but like weird that he even went and did it in the in the oh, first yeah. place to me. If 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 he was injured going into it, just just like I mean, weird, maybe weird he wasn't injured. Maybe he wasn't injured going into it. But yeah, certainly some some weird uh, some weird scheduling from Lahetka uh, recently, and that kind of wrecks my theme, right? Because I cannot really like. There's no player here that I could possibly pick that would compare to Mare or Team. So um, I guess I'm just going to have to go for something else. Yon and Menchika, I'm very excited for. They recently played in a great challenger second round somewhere. I can't even remember where, you know, <laughs> it was definitely on clay and uh, and it was pretty amazing. I don't want to go for Jean Borpiros, even though he looks like a decent pick. But, you know, of course, that loss to Hong kind of made me think. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do it. But if, I wonder if Korea can be a threat because he was actually pretty decent against Chorich, even though he again required some uh, treatment. But, you know, he's playing Mayot, that's not easy. Mahaj has been kind of off, as we mentioned a few times already. Um, so I think I'm basically going back and forth right now between Koboli and Klein. Funnily enough, they played in Ranga at, uh, in the quality at Rangaros. But Klein, um, you know, he's playing then a collage in the second round. Could this be tough? Like Klein, I'm sort of trying to um, maybe take advantage of the fact that I think Lehechka will not be winning this. But I'm actually going to go with Koboli. It really has improved a lot. I'm not looking at, into that Alcaraz match um, as something that, you know, he could have played better or something because, well, we just saw today, uh, today at the time of recording what Alcaraz did to Musetti and it was like basically similar. So um, I'm, I'm not going to just um, say that Flavio Koboli was in pretty decent shape, but then he played a terrible match against Alcaraz. That's not really true. So I think at this level of competition, he can, he can probably um, win this and, you know, really Recently, his form has been uh, rising for sure. So yeah, Travico Bolli for me. All right. Well, uh, while while you, you while you lose your t- your uh, theme that you have, I'm. Oh, it is so tempting to pick Yiji Lahechka here without you picking him as well. Okay. But I'm going to continue my theme uh, here. I'm going to go with Jakub Menchik. What's the theme? Then Bagnis. Uh, I've so so far I have all M names: Mari, Marujan, okay. Menshik. We'll see if I can get a fourth one in in Tyler. Uh, but to be fair, like I, I I don't think it's a completely insane pick. Bagnis has been out of form. Iman has been kind of weird. The, the The section doesn't particularly impress me. And from there, you you're in the semis. Anything can happen. He already has won his first 
title, of course, in Prague. So wouldn't be wouldn't be the weirdest thing to happen to have Yakumenshik go all the way here. No, and I think Prostayov is like pretty fast as well, right? If I if I like remember correctly from previous years, uh, I mean the, the the center court especially is like almost indoors, sort of. Uh, like it, you know, there's a lot of um, a bit of a stadium there, in a way. So um, yeah, I think it could work out. Just wouldn't really go for it when, when he's like playing Yonel and Bagnis in the first two rounds, but it is possible. All right, let's go over to Tyler, Texas, where we have Michael Moe playing a qualifier. Uh, he's the it's an M seed. name. That that that's that's one of them. Uh, we 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 do have a couple. But we'll we'll see. Anyway, uh, plays a qualifier and then Reis da Silva or wildcard Adam Neff. Then we have Antoine Escoffier against Mark Lyle, a rematch from last week. Winner faces Bruno Kuzuhara or a qualifier. Nicolas Moreno del Boran, that's another M name, plays Steven Diaz and then Daniel Masur, another M name. Or Tyson Kwiatkowski. Uh, we have Yasutaka Uchiyama playing Omni Kumar and then Tennis Sandgren or a qualifier. Juan Pablo Figovic plays Alex Bolt and then Yuta Shimizu or qualifier. Mark Polmans plays Viktor Durasevich and then Michal Kukushkin or Denis Yevseyev. Aziz Dugas plays David Zhukaev, also a rematch, I think. Uh, winner faces Kander Musa- Mansuri or a qualifier. Tungli Wu plays Mitchell Kruger and then Alexis Galano or a qualifier. Out of the qualifiers, we have... Uh, Koyovci could come through again, could be Mariusz Kopil or Tristan Boye. We have Stadium or Chapel. Escobedo won his first round and could face Kashnikovsky. Uh, Mukun Sasikumar, uh, Adam Walton, Christian Langmo, Dane Sweeney, some interesting names. In the doubles, we have Evan King and Reese Stolder as the top, as the top seeds. Uh, Kaden Masur played Moreno Dalboran and Diaz, who are actually playing, playing each other in the first round. Jisung Nam and Atim Sita keep it going for another week, of course, after winning the title last week. Uh, Hachved Dugo and Mitchell Kruger could be interesting. Matsui and Maisugi, of course. Uh, Lawson and Pervalakis are the second seeds, but going back to the major of singles, who do you want for the title? Uh, Bernard Tomic losing to Nick Chappell. I mean, wow. Um, yeah, one of the most exciting things, I guess, in the qualifying as well is how Boyer and Kipson will do. I mean, Kipson has already lost, but maybe Boyer can qualify. These are, of course, I'm mentioning them like together because they had this, these amazing runs in, on the green clay. They were the last two left in the um, USTA Ron Carlos wildcard challenge. Kipson, by the way, is like, um, has a very weird schedule too, which, um, by basically involves him going to Bratislava. And then, um, like, like from Tyler, he is supposed to go to Bratislava or Palmas del Mar, depending on whether he actually gets there inside the main draw. Probably Palmas del Mar, Palmas del Mar actually. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. But if, if he doesn't get in, he would play Tyler, Bratislava and then Kali, which would be hilarious. But you know, he has a lot of money for the plane tickets, but it looks like he will get into that, uh, Palmas del Mar. So in like Puerto Rico or wherever it is, I think it is in Puerto Rico. Uh, so he will probably. To be fair, th- th- those 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 are some multi multi leg journeys to try and get from Tyler, Texas to Bratislava, and then from there to to Cali. That that must be a nightmare to try and put together that itinerary. I can't exactly. do, I can't even 
imagine where I would start with that. That must be. <laughs> That's why it would be pretty hilarious. But unfortunately, well, fortunately for him, I think he is actually going to get into Palmas del Mar. So we're not we're not going to see yeah. that journey. But you know, Kipson right now after Ron Garros has a lot of money for um, flying. He would be like Maxine Janvier last year when he was doing all these trips back and forth between Europe and Central South America. But anyway, um, when it comes to the main draw, I. Not sure what to do. I mean, like, if I still was going for my with my theme of Mare and team, then I guess Kukushkin would be the pick. But um, you know, I, I I lost my theme in Prostayov, so I don't have to do it. But I think I actually might. I think I actually might because why not, right? Like Kruger, woo, that's really tough already. Um, yeah, Zhukayev, I don't think he's gonna go far after struggling physically in the in the tail end of uh, Little Rock. Kukushkin was fine last week. I mean, Durasovic Polman's maybe not the easiest second round, but like the quarter as a whole looks decent. Sandgren is uh, maybe a possibility. I think I was thinking about it. Uchiyama could be a possibility. Did he play last week in Little Rock? I can't remember him at all. But, you know, recently he he picked up a few uh, great runs. Okay, he lost to Masur, winning five games. Uh, Lyle Escoffier, um, rematch for the semis but in the first round, don't want to pick there. And of course, Michael Moe was out injured and um, did not look like he was fully fit in uh, at Ron Garros. But then again, you know, red clay has never really been his thing, even if he qualified for the French ones. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Mikhail Kukushkin, not really because of the theme, but the theme kind of made me think of him, and I think it's very possible that he could win here. Yeah, in- in- interesting pick for sure. Um, locked into my M's if I'm going to stick with that, which which I will at, at this point. It's the last tournament. Yeah. Why not? I'm not. I'm not going with with Michael Mo. I mean, if you if you're going to not play for months and then come back and win four games. Uh, I really don't have the, the the trust level to to pick somebody like that to go all the way, especially when you look at the port- potential quarterfinalists, Lyle Escoffier. That that might be tough. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Morenanda Aboran. He lost in the third set tiebreak to Zhukayev, who made the final last week. So maybe maybe this time he he can actually take advantage and and make it through. I think if I was in your shoes, I would have actually picked Mo. Um, but that's mostly because the other M names aren't really that impressive. So, you know, it's not because yeah. I think he will actually win this event or like is very likely to, because of course there's a chance. Um, like on, on average, he is way better than the rest of the draw here right now. If he was healthy, of course. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, just, I just, I just, don't, I just don't think that he has that level right now. Yeah. So, um, by the way, Escobedo might not be playing Kashnikovsky. He is now two points away from losing the match to Haida. Oh. Quite a few disappointing losses recently in Challenger qualifying. Also one of these guys who I guess, as you said, have been stuck in purgatory. I mean, he, he qualified for Skopje and Little Rock, but didn't win a match and like um, had a few uh, final round qualifying losses as well. Like he, he is clearly in that purgatory as well with, with Shukayev, oh, yeah. I guess. He 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 is a, a a lot more younger than than most of the guys who I sort of consider in 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 that purgatory. So I think more a lot of time left for for Kashnikovs. Yeah, just wish we saw something like you know that uh, that Canada run that he had last year. That was just so yeah. and so yeah. great. And um, yeah, we we haven't really seen him playing like that ever since. Anyway, uh, we also have one more thing to sort of wrap up. We had that drafting game of the qualifiers last time. If my counting is correct, I think it was 62 to 50. 
I think that's, that, yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. That's more or less what you had. Um, yeah, anyway, I won. Uh, after the first round, I was losing 35 to 40. But then in the second round, Jakub had just one guy making it to the third, which was Olivieri. And I had Ofner and Sabo Field. Eventually, only Ofner made it to the fourth round, did not win a point in the fourth round, but still gave me the win. Yeah, any any comments, any disappointments, any anyone that surprised you? Yeah, I mean, like, like as as I sort of called it, I felt that Ofner was definitely the the premium premium guy, and ultimately, who whoever got him would would most likely win this. Uh, he, he he was enough of a, of a swing by himself. Seboshvild, we 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 wish I maybe would have would have picked him up in in one of those later rounds, but I don't think any of us really saw him fully going out there and, and beating Medvedev. Maybe we considered the set or two. Yeah, and that's sort of the the, the range where we took him. Of my guys, of course, very happy with for for Genaro Alberto Olivieri. What a run for him! Vavasori to blast through uh, Ketsmanovic in a five-hour uh, match to hit like 108 winners or something, absolutely insane. And I'm glad that he he got that moment. Uh, Pui, uh, great job, Albot, great job, Karatsev could have maybe uh, done a bit more for me. But yeah, overall, I think as a team, we we put in a good effort, but Ofner plus you having Sabochfield as well, it was too much to overcome. Yeah, I mean, the qualifiers pretty much put in a good effort. I mean, nine of the nine of them, I think, won the, the first round out of 16, Wrong which is crop, pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that on my side, you know, I picked Medjedovic and Martinez as the second and third pick and they lost, which was certainly quite disappointing, but. Yeah, in the end, I still win, mostly because of Ofner and Sabofield. Indeed, I was picking Sabofield as like a guy who, um, yeah, is probably going to give me like one or two points. But that was based on the apparently misconception that he cannot beat Medvedev, that this is like one of the only players in the draw he cannot beat. If he was playing Kasper Ruth, he would have been one of my premium picks. But, you know, as it turns out, he actually kind of even had the chance to give me a lot more points than this because he, if he clinches that second set against Nishioka, which he kind of choked, and um, then he probably was in straights and he's playing at very on Monday. So also very winnable for him. So um, there's actually a bit of disappointment there for sure for him, even if it was such an amazing run. And, you know, of course, before this, he never even had a Grand Slam main draw win. It was just his second Grand Slam main draw. As you said, Ofner just delivered beautifully. Um, so many times we see players get a fantastic opportunity in the draw and then just totally screw it up. Ofner did exactly what he had to do and did it in style as well. I mean, five-setter against Fonini, but in the first two rounds, he just cleaned it up. Um, and as you said, Olivieri was like a huge surprise. Karatsev is another disappointment, of course, not for me, like in terms of this game, but in general. And also like, just like with Sabofield, there, there's just a small moment to regret when he had these two set points in the third set against Tiafo. Um, up until that point was just completely dominating him off the ground. And then he basically loses these two points and, um, nothing ever really works for him in that much anymore. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it was mostly just some, some guys picking one win, like Zapieri Tirante, which also allowed me to get over the line. Um, still was, was a pretty tight affair, but by the time we reached the third round, we kind of knew that, uh, that I was going to win because you had Olivieri who yeah. was playing Runa and, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> winning eight games is already a pretty nice achievement for him there, I think. And I had Ofner and Sabofield, who actually, I think we were both pretty sure that both they were going to make the fourth matches, round. Yeah. yeah. 
So 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 only one of them got um, over the line at the end, but still I was I was up by I think two points after the the second round. So I kind of had the win locked up, um, provided Olivieri didn't do something absolutely monumental, and he didn't, which I think was maybe only enough doable with an injury. But he's also one of the guys who like had an opening. He had an absolutely insane opening because he played oh, Petri yeah. Pericard. And then Vavasori, who was like ultra tired. The third round of a slam, it's insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Petri Pericard is probably, along with Olivieri, of course, and like along with Kipson, they were probably like some of the five worst players in the draw. And yet they draw each other in the first round. And then he also gets Vavasori coming off that marathon. So that was in, uh, some insane luck for the Argentinians. But, you know, you can only play who you're, um, who, who, who actually is in front of you. So. Um, he did that. He he did exactly what was required of him. Um, and, yeah, just, mm-hmm. uh, just 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 like a final thought on this. Yeah, Oliveri, of course, to the great advantage. The, the the biggest breakout stars that we had from this qualifier cup definitely were Offner and Seboschwild. Offner, who you know, years after he had his first breakout round to the, to the third round, makes it into the second week, secures the top one hundred by a lot. He, he's I think top eighty. In the live ranking, Sabosh build we will hear a lot more about. He's he's top 30, 130 now as well. Really exciting, explosive game. You just wish that it was attached to a better, nicer person uh, than what he has sort of ex- exhibited himself to be. But yeah, I think overall a lot more excitement from the qualifiers that we have had uh, in like in in a, in a, in, a, in a good while. I think. Yeah, uh, definitely, and it's maybe just another sign of you know um, how close the, the, the how close the Challenger Tour is right now to the ATP Tour. How, how depth of the tour has maybe never even been stronger. And yeah, we actually almost had Thiago Sebofield on the show last year in Kozerki, but um, the interview ended kind of poorly when he told me I was dis- disrespectful. <laughs> um, I think I've already told that story before, but like when seeing that um, response that he gave to the allegations question which at the same time i kind of i kind of see what what he like the point that he was making but he did not um phrase it right he did not really you know he, he didn't say something like i believe that this is not the time for it but he was like very defensive yeah, about he, it. He, 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 he turned it into an attack on the journalist who i think yeah. was asking a very very legitimate question that i was personally wondering about then of course we got a lot more reporting from from brazil where he he has been allegedly basically uh dodging the the authorities yes. that haven't been able to, able, able to serve him in, in order since april 2022 because he's not at any of his reported addresses so it is definitely an ongoing situation that has had some very interesting developments that weren't really reported upon in english previously so that was an entirely legitimate question that he understandably refused to answer yeah like if he just said um i don't want to answer this like that's totally fine he just shouldn't be like so defensive about it and yeah. definitely seeing that uh, it it really reminded me of how he responded to me in in Kozerki. <laughs> like it was literally the same of course the topic was very different because it was like about maybe the all the success all the hype coming a bit too early and um well i i don't think the question was disrespectful i think actually it was just 
spot on right given you know yeah, the he, fact he, that he, he really really sucked there for a couple of years after having his breakout run yeah so i, I think that's also a very legitimate question and um also i think what we're seeing right now is just kind of proving its legitimacy that you know after he moved his training base to argentina stopped partying stopped yeah, you know just set his mind differently he is already you know doing this so i think i think that even kind of proves that the question is spot on but again um you know not maybe blaming him um for that because maybe maybe i didn't phrase it right or or something as well but definitely the the answer that i saw from him um it was very sim it was very like familiar to me when I, when i saw that answer to the journalist because it just it was exactly the same as as my encounter in kozerki um yeah perhaps just not a great person you know it happens still very exciting game of course and someone who will probably be on the main tour for a while if he just yeah keeps his head straight um or maybe if he goes to prison he won't be less <laughs> you know we'll see about that <laughs> anyway uh thank you for listening this week and uh yeah see you guys in seven days where we're gonna talk about uh surpiton helbron uh tyler and uh bye Thank you.